My name is Ty Wilson. I've been a musician for the better part of 20 years. Over that time, I have written, covered, and performed in almost every genre, from heavy metal to alt-rock to country music. I've met some amazing people along the way, and today, we're going to talk to one of them. This is Ty Wilson Talks. Hello, everyone, and happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Ty Wilson Talks. This is episode number 17, so I hope you enjoy it. I don't have any announcements. Actually, that's a lie. I do have an announcement. Uh, Friday, I will be at Main Street Bar and Grill from, I believe, 8 to 11. Yes, 8 to 11 uh, in Buckhorn, so come on out. It's hopefully going to be the last outdoor gig of the season hopefully and hopefully it's not too cold but uh yeah it'll be thanksgiving weekend we'll have some fun we'll play some music uh it'll be a good time for everyone involved um on to the podcast today uh we have a good friend of mine um Australian Canadian Laban Pittman Johnson. Uh, Laban and I met each other while I was living in Victoria, BC. We were roommates for a little stint. Um, he is one of the most charismatic, uh, amazingly beautiful souls that you'll ever encounter. Um, he's been killing it in the acting game. He just had um, an episode where he was in on a new show called Family Law on Global. Um, we talk about it during the podcast. He's just crushing it. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this. Uh, I really enjoyed taping this one. It was it was so great to catch up with him. So anyway, without further ado, here is Laban Pittman Johnson. Awesome. So you were over at Salt Spring today? Yeah, I, I, was. I was. I'm learning, uh, I guess, how to, um, a bit of carpentry, which is super oh, random nice. for me. I know. Um, are you, are we on right now? Is this it? We're, yeah, we're on, bro. We're just going <laughs> to <we're just> <laughs> chat. <laughs> well, hello, everybody at home listening. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, because, you know, the, how the world is right now and... Um, Usually everything I've done in the past is either to do with shows or music or bartending or people. So obviously you've seen how you can't really do much of that recently. No. So you have to evolve. Uh, so I'm just on Salt Spring, a friend of mine was doing it. And today I couldn't even believe some of the stuff I'm doing because it's, I've just never thought I'd go in that direction. But it's quite fulfilling making things with your hands and building them at the end of the day. Instead of just getting a bunch of people drunk, then you're like, oh, I made something. <laughs> <laughs> it's another form of artistry too right like you're still creating you're still doing something there's just a little bit of a different uh, methodology to it exactly and um i guess it's been pretty good with like uh, you gotta look at the positives and everything so everything these days with auditions and the acting life is uh self-tapes you do it from home right right so is, so is there, sorry i was gonna say it's kind of nice though for you because then you're not going to vancouver or having a like you know, you, I, I assume you could probably evolve or uh, audition for more gigs that way, right? If you're if you're able to self-tape and, and send in and uh, kind of levels the playing field out so that you're not sitting at some cattle call for <laughs> with 60 other actors. Well, actually, it's, uh, it's a double-edged sword because um, 
the best part about doing it in person is they get your energy and your vibe and they get to right. fill you out like totally who you are and um so i enjoyed that because i say 200 people rocked up to a like cattle call thing but then those people are going to be more likely to get chosen um right. and then they'll probably have like thousands of, of emails coming in from around the world but now like everybody's at home and everybody's got right. time so i think the casting directors are getting flooded with auditions so it's yeah. great practice and you can take like 15 cuts instead of just going in once but if you go in once with a casting director and you nail it they can give you direction as well yeah because it's all about direction and being able to take it and uh then they get you to try it a bunch of other times and if they're asking you to keep trying it new ways that actually means they like you um at first i was like oh am i messing it up but no it means they like you i thought when i went in there and you did it once i walked out i was like oh i nailed that no no they just don't want to see anymore (laughs) get out of here (laughs) I remember those days, man. So I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I was, I acted for many years, definitely like my teen years and in my early twenties. And so I worked at a Toronto and, uh, yeah, I don't miss going to the, the casting calls and all that kind of stuff, but it was a ton of fun. It was, it was great. You know, it's, I didn't know you were pursuing that. I used to, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. And so, and then I just kind of switched over to music full time. I'm, I have a minor in theater. That that was my, uh, part of my university degree. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's really rad. Yeah, buddy. So that was a good time. When did you like? So I've known you for quite a few years now, um, and you were mostly into the music and that stuff when we when we were hanging out. When I was, we were lived together for a brief time in a very transient state. Um, what uh, what got you like into the full acting mentality? Because you know you're obviously doing some really cool stuff now. So what what brought that on? Well, Ty, it was. Um... Ever since a, a child, I think I was about three years old, no joke. My my dad asked me one day, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Kind of thing. And, and I w- wasn't even old enough. I remember just being not even up to his knee, like up to his waist yet. And uh, it's just one of these vivid memories. I can even remember the fish tank and everything else. And I just was like, I want to be a star. And he's just like, he was so blown away. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, I want to be like an actor. I want to be a star. I want to be on the TV or whatever. And I remember him taking into my um, my uncles. Well, they, were, they weren't really my uncle, but you know how you just call yeah, elders yeah. your uncle. Those family people. That yeah. one was that. I remember putting me on the table, and like I told him, and that never really changed. And so I think that just you know I went into being like the class clown and um, all that kind of jazz as a kid, and then that naturally got into drama, and just because mm-hmm. I was, I think that I just had so much energy, I just bounce off the walls and everything, and. Uh, I just wanted to be the center of attention. It took me many years to learn how to uh, hone that in. But um, I, I basically pursued it and had a few cool gigs when I was between like uh, up until about 18 probably. And then I thought that the – I hadn't lived enough life and it was it hurt so much being told like being rejected at that age. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I remember one of these casting, I was going for this role. My mom dropped me off when she came into the room. And it was this show in Australia called McLeod's Daughter. And I went for it. And the casting director afterwards set me aside and said, I think that you just need to go out into the world for 10 years and get some life experience. I think you've got what you've got what we need, but you need some life experience. And I, I was just crushed by that, I remember. Yeah. And um, I think after that, that was a big point. I, um, and then I went to join the army or something. And I, I and I was going to go and do that, and I realized that's obviously not for me. And then um, I just I, I 
knew that you just go to North America from Australia to follow your dreams. And so I had an idea of doing something and music was getting part of it then because I was getting part of the, you know, AIDS team, starting to drink, starting to hang out with cool people yeah. and, and I'd see people up on stage and I didn't even really know how to, you know, do that yet, but I just had the dream and then I, you know, came over to Canada. I think that's where we met and uh, Universe just kind of put me there. And I think I was like, uh, more of a, I was more of a hype man vocalist thing that you know. <laughs> yes, like, the space I, I, was, I was always an actor, but I, I was just method acting because I did method acting when I was younger at school at right. sixteen and then. Yeah. And I yeah. learned really to come. And I remember just before the space boots um, audition, not auditions, but the first time we jammed at my place in the garage, and I knew that the other everyone else was way better than me. And I knew that, so I knew I had to lock my position into the band. So right. I had the best house and the best like jam space and no rules. And, Aussie yeah. in Canada just having a great time and so that's when all the boys came and I remember just sitting there and they all just started playing and I was like I don't know what to do like <laughs> fucking hype so man <laughs> I, was, I even like was praying that the house would burn down the day before because I was that nervous but I just watched a bunch of like Led Zeppelin and all these other bands and things and I was like well that's how they move that's how they are and so from that point on I just kind of somehow found a niche for myself basically pretending all the way through right. and yeah, that's it, right? <laughs> I, I have to say that I, I, some of the fondest memories I've had was like you were there and, and I remember you would come down from these wild parties we would have oh, and you'd come yeah, into my yeah. room at like three or four in the morning and I'd have a bunch of hippies or different people around and I'm like, this is Ty, he's amazing, give him the guitar and you'd sit there and uh, we would just throw... Um, songs at you and i love that you could turn them into your version you turn them all into your version and you just kept going and i i'd always just admired that because i think that's why i came into acting in the end because a lot of my friends were like you <laughs> <laughs> and they could do that and i was pursuing it but we were getting shows but i was i just yeah. tried to do backflips and crowd surf more <laughs> man and you were such a and thank you. I appreciate all those kind words, man. Some of my favorite memories for sure when I was in Victoria were, were definitely around you and around the house. And you were such a magnetic person. Like I was just drawn to your presence. And like, I think a lot of people were the same way. You just have this like aura about you that it was like, you know, as soon as I saw you were like going to the act, like putting out your acting videos and anything like you're just drawn, you're made to be on camera. You're made to you just have that charisma about you and so i've been so stoked to see all like the cool stuff you've been doing and then um so, this family log gig how did you end up with that and or, and how many episodes you shoot like what did it, how did that all go down oh man that was so cool that literally i'm a, I'm a huge jewel state fit like firefly no was, uh, firefly was like uh, is one of my favorite shows so when i saw that he was you, so cool man i was like oh my god i was i was so fucking i was so stoked for you we're all um we're friends on instagram no <laughs> hey man <laughs> no all, all of them i hunted down all the actors on the show and yeah. sent them a personal it's all pr work and stuff but That's it was amazing. genuine it wasn't i was like just so happy to be with these people um I was pretty lucky because a, a few of the auditions, I actually, I don't know why I got so butthurt when I was younger, because I almost got most auditions that I went for. And so I wasn't used to the, I only went for a few, but I, I got them. I did this host of this documentary and then just random little things, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And so 
when I got to Vancouver, I was in San Diego at the time and I'd finished up the music thing and I'd been a couple, like two years away from that. And I was, I was surfing out there. I needed a, I needed a change. And I really had seen a lot of the world and I'd done a lot of really cool things. And, you know, I mean, I just love uh, upping to the next thing and trying and challenging myself. And one thing that I've really done is I've told people, like, I say, I'm going to go do this Wolfpack project thing. Then I take it off and do it. People are like, what is this? And then it comes yeah. and they watch it come into fruition. And the same with the band, everyone in Australia, they knew I was like, I'm going North America. I'm going to be in a band. And they're like, whatever, man. And then five years later, they turn it on and we're, we're half naked with five, yeah. 600 people sold out <laughs> gig and doing the most insane stuff. In and fucking so, space um, helmets. <laughs> right? It was nuts. It was like costume. There was a lot of theater in that, wasn't there? We, there was we so actually much. had theater in between it. And yeah. that was part of my gig there. I really like inspired that or at least ran with it with the guys. But, um, so this thing, man, like I was like, I'm going to do it. And I was in Hollywood or near there. We checked out Hollywood. I was, if I was going to give my life away to this new thing, I knew it was going to be one of the biggest things to, to go after. Cause I knew it was really hard, like just as competitive as the music industry, or even more in some ways, because you are, it's just insane. And I couldn't stay. I would have loved to stay in Hollywood or San Diego. That would have been perfect, but visas and stuff. So I told a bunch of people and I got to Vancouver and I just, I saw Hollywood for what it was. I saw like the gritty, disgusting streets, uh, all the stars and how fake and plastic it is. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you yeah. know, behind the curtain, it's all smoke yeah. and mirrors. And even after how gross it is, <laughs> I was still um, amazed by it. And it was something within me. And I was sobering up a lot at this time and going through a lot of personal journeys so I, I, th I thought I was ready, you know? And so I, I go in there with the biggest dream, you know, you, you go in, you know, shooting for the stars. Like I'm going to, this first year, I'm going to get this many right. gigs and, you know, this is going to, they're going to find me, you know? Yeah. And I get to Vancouver and I don't have much money and I don't know anyone in the city really. And I make a post and I was lucky enough to get a couple of agents and all this, but only like background agents, special skills agents, modeling and adverts and things like that. Right. And I, I was, I was like, I know I can act, but I need to get um, acting. I don't know. How, I'm terrified. There's like 200 people cast and all these people, and I don't know what these lines on the ground mean. I don't know what angles are. Like, just so raw. So I started doing background and special skill gigs, and just sitting as close as I could to the screen and the director. And right. I basically did a year of uh, on-set learning. And I realized I can do this. And so when I fully uh, pulled my head out of my ass, really, I started looking for a um, agent. And I messaged probably, probably like 20 agents in town and just no answer from anyone. You're like, oh, my God, like, what? I'm not used to this. Like, where, hello? Don't you know who I think I am? Kind of like, no, not really. <laughs> Don't you know who I think I am? That's yeah, amazing. So I speak to a few people and I realized there's a lot of other actors uh, that were doing extra work as well. And I met this one guy, uh, Sayako, I believe his name is. He's a rad dude and he's a Japanese um, actor. And he was on set with me and he was so cool. And I remember sitting at like three in the morning on the bus on the way back to like, uh, you know, to get our stuff. And he said, Laban, how many have you messaged? I said like 29. And he said, I messaged like about a thousand before I got any. Like, I don't know if he meant literally a thousand, right. but he meant in LA like, here, everyone, before anyone would pick him up. He's like, yeah. what you have to do, go home and just send, 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 send. So I did that, finally got an agent. It was like Mo Good, uh, uh, what is she? Mo Good Talent. She's just uh, this really nice woman and she's got an assistant and 
uh, one of the smaller agencies, but they still go for the, all the same jobs, you know, and right. she used to be a casting director and she believed in me. And I thought it was going to be like, oh, I love the space food stuff and all that. But she didn't. She gravitated straight towards the uh, the stuff I did in Mexico and the, you know, the personal stuff and yeah. my heart, and me, like maybe sometimes breaking down on camera. And she like came to that rawness and I was like, well, she could actually see me. So I went and she sent me to three auditions and I, I got the third one. I was like, what? I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? I was like, this is how it's going to be from now on in. I'm like, yeah. every one of them. <laughs> and, um, Just kind of Matthew McConaughey. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Like, and I don't know. And then I, I thought I was going to be the next big thing. You know, well, I still want to be like, but I've just been humbled so much now. It's it's so awesome. But um, I remember walking into this first one. It was for some end of the world show or whatever. And it was uh, Warner Brothers. And I remember walking and seeing Mark Wahlberg posters and Brad Pitt posters and all this. And I was like, holy shit, I'm here. I just thought it was so cool. But then we got that one. And then I got books. And then the world, of, you know, kind of like the soft apocalypse is going on right yeah, now. Yeah, so. the, the soft apocalypse. I've, I haven't heard that. But yeah, that's that's a pretty accurate statement. <laughs> it feels right? Like... So I was like, I'm sitting in Vancouver and there's... And I, this, big, uh, this gig was booked and I was so stoked. And then it, it seemed to seem less because everything else that was going on in the world, it was like, well, my dream's happening. The world's kind of falling apart. Yeah. So it was this weird juxtaposed position, you know. That's and it, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so we had six months where they, they, they pretty much stopped everything, three to six months or whatever it was. Can't right. remember the time. And uh, it ran it's too expensive in Vancouver and the industry shut down. So... I phoned up uh, the Space Boots boys, Derek, and yeah. I was like, yo, man, like, I'm moving back in. <laughs> yeah. So I found myself moving back into the Space Boots house to save money, waiting for this family law kick to happen. Yeah. yeah. So are you Thank still there now? Saying, that was a brand. Sorry, mm -hmm. that was long. <laughs> oh, no, I was good, bro. Um, are you still there now? Are you at the Space Boots house? Uh, no, no. Uh, I met um, a beautiful was... lady. Her name's oh, Jamie. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I've seen I've seen your pictures and all that stuff that you guys post. You're uh, absolutely adorable together. <laughs> She's really cool, and um, we're here right now. We've got a place in Ladysmith, and it's super quiet. But I mean, the world is there's nothing happening, yeah, so it was a yeah. time to just chill out and focus on the auditions. Yeah, I was gonna say that looks too clean to be the space boots house, so <laughs> I was gonna yeah, start worrying really that the, the guys were losing their edge. That was <laughs> things have changed. Things have changed. Things have changed. Yeah, just a little bit, man. Ladysmith is such a beautiful area, though. Like, I mean, yeah, it's quiet, but uh, it, I mean, you just walk outside and everything's amazing. It's, it's just beautiful. such a beautiful spot. Yeah. Trust me, coming back to Ontario, as much as, you know, Ontario's home for me, I do miss those, uh, you know, the mountains and the ocean and all that fun stuff. It's like a half hour walk away from wherever you are. It was. Uh, it was amazing on the island, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. What <laughs> yes, brought you? Yeah. So you went down to uh, so Mexico. So what were you doing? That uh, was the wolf, the Wolfpack project, right? So tell me a bit more yeah. about that, because that was um, kind of like you. You went on that journey almost very soon after I left um, uh, Victoria, and uh, and I just remember you were kind of like traveling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because uh, well. You know, you know the like the music scene and the band life yeah. is pretty heavy and it's crazy and you can't. There's no way to navigate through it. And there's all this popularity and the stuff. And then 
everyone, the ego and, and everybody else's ego and the band life after about yeah. five, six years together. And, um, absolutely love all the boys and everything. And then, um, I felt like something bad was going to happen. I, I did. I felt it from within me. I had some kind of intuition and, and I don't know, I just needed to get out. And so I just started distancing myself. And that was a hard period because I couldn't um, speak to anyone about it. You're like in a gang, man. You got like five husbands. Mm. Who can you talk to? So I had a couple of close friends that I could um, confide in and my mom and stuff. And I, it was one of the hardest decisions. I was, it was time to move on. And I think Wolfpack Project was now looking back on it was more of a healing process and it was something to keep the ball rolling. I didn't want to just quit and be depressed right. or whatever. I needed something to keep going. Um, so I came up with this idea and me being young, gung-ho and, you know, I'm going to go save the world. And, you know, the idea was like everything, shoot for the stars. The idea was to get like so much traction on it that I could have had some sort of funding and some sort of help. And I, I, I wanted to like, have all these building projects and all these, I wanted to bring skateboards into Costa Rica. I wanted to bring surfboards to other parts, you know? So I basically right. had all like all these ideas and I only got a few of them done to a certain point. But on the process of doing that, I was like healing and I was sharing and I realized how, uh, I don't think the naive, like I'm proud of that person, but looking back, he's, he seems so young, even though it was like five, six years ago. Um, you know, I wanted to save the world like you will do at some point, but then it's realizing that, man, you need, you can't just do that by yourself. It's like, what is saving the world? And I think from all that, it turned into this like intense spiritual healing journey where I realized that to do anything, you, you want to change anything, you have to change yourself. You really do. That's it. And I just, I think then the content really, I was like, I could build a hundred houses or a hundred schools or whatever. These would be like, you know, but I, in the end, if I could just get people to change themselves, you know what I mean? Look within and become a little bit of a better person. I think that's where it went. But when you, you go to that level online, <laughs> you know, so many people are like, where's just the space boots dude doing flips and crowd surfing. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm trying to get a spiritual and stuff. <laughs> It's, it's such a, it's a juxtaposition for sure. But I, I know like I've been going through a similar journey over the last year. Um, like I've, I'm eight months sober, just past eight months sober. Um, oh, congratulations, dropped, man. Thanks brother. Yeah. Dropped a bunch of weight. Um, yes, and, I saw that by the way, you look fantastic. Yeah. Thanks bro. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, and so it was, it started out as one thing just kind of like, Oh, well, you know, I'll just do a sober February and, you know, maybe, I, you know, things are quiet right now and, and all that stuff. And it's just turned into this whole, like, expansive spiritual awakening kind of thing where, where I've just, like, I felt like I've fell, fallen into, like, my zone of where I'm supposed to be in life and, and, and I'm on, like, the correct path now where, like you were saying before, it was kind of like... I just felt like if I stayed on this road, something bad was going to happen and I needed to make that change for myself. And so stepping away from what I was doing, um, was the only decision I could, I could make that I think would fully, you know, rectify that. So I'm, uh, I, I get what you, what you're saying from you just having to distance yourself from that lifestyle and from that, you know the ragers that uh, we used to have at that old house and all that stuff and, and just being in that music scene it's uh it, it comes a time for everybody i think and and uh yeah i'm happy you you, you were able to see that man and, and we're able to move forward from it well same tyler did you um what did you find with your music and stuff did it go through a healing process too or did it 
did you stop it or does it make it more intense now or how do you feel with that because i used to use that those like things as vices to create and that's so that was a really cool thing because i used to do that too so like i used to think i can't write unless i'm you know unless i've had a few whiskeys or or i'm you know a little baked or something like that and i found that as soon as i stopped drinking and that was like a lifestyle the words just started coming out again like really fast and flow like everything started to pour out of me because i think i was finally feeling the emotions that i had been trying to mask for for so many years and so <laughs> i found that i've been much more creative being sober than i was while i was drinking which was like my biggest fear i was <laughs> i was like i don't know if this is gonna if this is gonna work if i'm gonna be able to be creative if i'm sober and all that kind of stuff and those were just excuses that i was telling myself to to not you know try and 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 stop drinking for a bit or at least take a break because now i'm like okay i'm gonna be a year sober we'll recalibrate back in february and see where i'm at then but uh life has just been like eternal like it's immensely better so i i'm uh, i may have a drink here or there but i don't think uh you know it, it got to an excessive point at that point or at that time so and it had been a little excessive for years it, it had ebbs and flows and all that kind of stuff and uh, i just had to check myself you know you have to get to a point where you you can be honest with yourself and just be like okay this is if you keep doing this your life is going to go down this other path of and, and in my my train of thought was failure that's all i saw for myself i was on a lower timeline so to speak and i just wasn't happy with that person i was becoming and i needed to switch that yeah that's really cool i think that's a good message for everyone and for the youth and stuff i think a lot of people do go through that journey but some people don't ever snap out of it and uh, i think that um, not exact that exact journey but you know having to stop that that party scene thing um it, it definitely was i, I took it to the extremes with with but you just have to find out. I think it was coffee next, and then it was sugar, and it was all these other things yeah. that I would do, have to do. And then you realize it's all these things, and I want you to unpack all that. And then I think I found myself going a little bit dull for a while there because I yeah. didn't know what or where. I was just so monotone until, and then I realized that I could, you know, have a drink and have a joint and do these things every now and then. And then, right. but I think that and then I would slip up a little bit. Then I, I didn't like to slip up. And the mm -hmm. judgment of myself was different now. It was a little bit heavier. And I didn't like being like all woozy and stuff. I was like, oh, I used to be able to say things clearer. <laughs> like, yeah. Now I'm just standing in the corner. So I had to find that balance again. But now I, I'm, I'm just kind of cruising with it. And I think awesome. I, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely way better. But yeah. So yeah, you just got to stay true to yourself and what, what's good for you. I think you will do that. That's good that you said a year though. That's yeah. a good method. Yeah, that was, you know, I'm, I'm someone that needs like, structure i know that about myself completely so if i put that goal out there then that's like okay i'm sticking to this goal and when i attain it it means that much more uh, but also like I, i'm a firm believer that alcoholism or addiction or any of those is is a it's what people use on overall trauma like as a as a coping mechanism right so if i could step away from that start actually healing and dealing with the trauma that i had been suppressing then once i get back to a place where i'm comfortable and i'm happy with myself then yeah i can have you know i can have a drink i can i can you know not have as much guilt about that or you know stop at one or two instead of having 10 
And that was kind of my <laughs> biggest issue. I wasn't drinking every day by any means. And I wouldn't have called myself an alcoholic. But when I binged, I binged hard and I partied. So it was like, you know what? Let's rein this in. Let's get to, let's get back on track and, and uh, you know, make sure that this doesn't progress into a, a real problem. Let's, let's snip <laughs> it first. Right. Smart. Yeah, brother. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. <laughs> so you bounced around for a little while. I know you went back to Australia for a bit. Like, are you full-time here in Canada? Like, is that, uh, how your, how your visa is or what's your, what's your plans for the future moving forward? Um, I wouldn't, there's still so much more in the world to see and, yeah. and things like that. That's a hard thing to navigate through, but whenever I can, I will find a way. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I do want to see and do more there's so much to see but i was lucky because i got a um you know a couple of passports and a permanent resident here so um i was kind of prepared for something like this um i, I always wanted to be able to use that to just work everywhere yeah um yeah but uh, i am based here now that's like that's the way it is with the, the girlfriend and stuff which is really awesome um and then i guess the movie industry is here too we're just taking it day by day at the moment just Fine, the way dude. the world is you don't know it's changing so quick and what's going with it and it's trying to stay positive in all this noise and all this craziness that's going on and i think you have to be a super jedi you really do just stay positive and real when you're seeing everything go around and trying not to um you know get taken away by it too much and, and argue with people and things like that and yeah. i think that it's really important for people to be able to voice their opinions no matter what it is in a safe environment. And I think that um, an educated, safe environment. And I think that, um, you know, freedom's pretty cool. I like that. So if people can still be able to voice their opinions and stuff, I think it's dangerous when people, uh, certain groups and people get silenced. I think that's, that can be dangerous anytime. Mm -hmm. But I hope that out of this, hopefully it's just growing, uh, growing pains for the world, you know? And hopefully we can come out on the other side better in some way, somewhere, you know. But at the moment, I really don't know. And, you know, I, I pray and I believe in some sort of you know, spirit world of some sort. I don't, I'm not 100% sure, even if it's nature or God or the universe or whatever you say. It's just, but I, I really do feel uh, uh, reaching for that a lot, you know, just yeah. asking for the guidance from maybe my higher self or, you know, what yeah. to do and, yeah, it's a very interesting, tricky situation. It's never really happened before on Earth like this, no. the scale. So we will see. That's it. To be we're in, to be, that's it, man. <laughs> and like, like I know myself, I've been slowly like realizing what's what's serving me, what's not serving me. Like this, or about a week ago, I went. Facebook's just making me angry. Like if I'm scrolling Facebook, I'm just getting angry. So I, you know cut that off timeline i don't even look at the timeline anymore i post for music that's really about it uh social media i just try to stay away from i've really just tried to focus on like educating myself so books audio books podcasts and and really trying to have gratitude for the good things that are happening um i know the pandemic for a lot of people has been a very negative thing but a lot of good has come out of it for me um because of the work i've i you know i tried to make lemonade out of the situation and and go internal when everything was locked down so um i'm just you know trying to see bright sides it's 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 going to be it's this ever-evolving you know thing that 
there's so much negativity going on around it that uh, you have to keep yourself sane. You got to keep, like you said, Jedi mind tricks. You got to, you know, I find myself meditating. I find myself trying to just do enough to to keep me in a state of at least peace around me and try and block out as much negativity as possible. But, uh, you know, it's hard to do sometimes. You're, you're, you're out and about and people are yelling and people are, you know, just bitching at each other. And, and you go to a restaurant and somebody's, you know, yelling at the waitress for something. And, and it just feels like everybody's eternally on edge right now. And uh, I, I can't wait for that not to be the case anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's a big one. That's a real big one. And, and I feel like we're a big ant's nest and there's this certain things and I won't get, get into it, but I think they're just like poking the, the nest a little bit, you know, yeah, and yeah. tapping into our, our emotion and all the rest of this. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's unprecedented times. Unprecedented times, <laughs> well, Okay, I was, I was just after this when I posted this stuff. I was stoked, man, because to have all the acting community come out after this show, I was really happy because everyone knows how hard it is and I'm out to message and a lot of homies and people that I met along the way. And um, one of my buddies, oh, it was so cool. What did he say? He was talking. He's like, Laban, don't worry. The light's already won. And then I was like, you know what? You can't stop us. It's like the world seems to be ending, but we're still out there following our dreams. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's weird. It. It's like, I wasn't even going to post about the show happening. I, I really wasn't like, it just feels so, um, it's so massive in my life. But then the way that everything's happening, um, it feels so not big, you know, compared to how it was if the world was happening the way it was before with the rat race. Um, but then I came to it and I was like, well, it's part of the job, you know, to get people watching and to go for it. And I did say I was going to do it and I did do it. And, and I was really happy I did because I felt like it just sealed the stamp and, and the love and the feedback. I, I got this like boost of energy and I, I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. That, that's why I was doing this. And um, yeah, just, <laughs> you're still going to need actors and musicians. Like, it, man. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm doing this. I just, I just, you know, decided, oh, fuck it. I'll do a podcast. I'll, I'll, yes, you know, play a bit evolved. online. I'll just, you know, and, and now that everything, things have opened up, at least we can play again. Like I've been booked three to four times a week since June. So, oh, that's so, amazing, yeah, man. so, so it's been, it's been busy, but it's been great, man. So, and then I just recorded, uh, or I'm in the middle of recording my next bat batch of singles and, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 still still going, man. Still going. Yeah. That's so because I was looking and there was it seemed like there was quite a few seats there and um you were taking some pictures with some older musicians as well and uh, oh that's yeah so that that's um so that's uh, a Bob Seger tribute act called Against the Wind that I got hired for okay. so so we're supposed to go start touring in uh, February uh, like all through the states and and Canada and stuff so. Uh, waiting on confirmation for that. Obviously, it depends on how this pandemic goes and all that kind of stuff, but I'm keeping hopeful. But yeah, we've been uh, hard at work with um, um, rehearsals and all that kind of stuff. And then we have, uh, we'll have some videos coming out uh, of some songs. Like that was, that day was a, a shoot for um, for the EPK, like the, the press kit that we have. So um, it was full, you know, dress lighting everything like that and we just ran through some songs and they're going to be going up for videos pretty soon but um yeah that's a big uh, a big thing that's going on and like i'm just following the dream man just i'm not not giving up yet i know that's the thing you just just don't give up 
That's what it is. Just continue, keep just keep punting, keep punting, keep punting. Yeah. And uh, you just keep on going. I'm going to do an audition after this, yeah. <laughs> actually. It's really funny. Um, I've been, I, we made a vision board the other day, me and the girlfriends. We yeah. put like all this stuff we wanted, all these, uh, you know, dreams and stuff. And one of them was Aragon. Um, I want to, I want to play Aragon cut type of character in yeah. you know, Lord of the Rings. Actually, you won't be able to see it from home, but I, she brought me a sword the other day for my anniversary. That's an Aragon sword, the exact oh, sword. Oh man, I'm I jealous. Show you I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm such a, I'm such an Aragon nerd too. For Aragorn, right, I'm just I know. So I got this, uh, this sword here. <laughs> it's like this. That's absolutely It's like awesome. blue metal, and I'm showing yeah. it to everyone at home. It's it's so much fun. But why was I talking about the sword? Oh yeah, this is archery. It's an audition for archery. So on on your sheets, you got a few websites that you got to go into, and I put everything. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I do all this stuff. I got some toy archery, which I do have these little ones. Yeah. And then they 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 request you, as you know, and hey, we want you we like your look. Uh, you professional archers, and I'm like, I'm gonna get out my toys. I'm gonna go for the audition anyway. Why not, right? (laughs) We're like, can you guys teach me? <laughs> teach me how to do this, right? <laughs> I'm gonna do the whole thing, you know, the whole yeah. lab. I just say explain your archery experience and talk about like what you like about it. I'm gonna talk about Lord of the Rings and I've seen enough to pretend. Yeah, like, pretend <laughs> I know what I'm doing for sure. Yeah. That's amazing, yeah. man. Anyway, buddy, it was really awesome catching up with you. Please let everybody know. So it's family law, it's on global, or I believe Crave um in canada too you can stream it there is that correct yeah global yep. tv and it's free for the next two days but probably you might not have this up by then but it's also on prime tv and um on the stack channel amazing so well, i TV. have all those so i'm gonna go watch that <laughs> right now yeah it's pretty fun oh, i got to be an avatar actually what am i talking about it happened there, yeah. i was a viking character in this uh cartoon world called real life and actually, so that's actually kind of interesting. I just like, came to the realization I didn't actually do it, but I did do it because my oh. cartoon did. That's amazing. That's <laughs> super sexual cool. Sexual <laughs> uh, well, No, it was like, <laughs> you see. Like, yeah, give, give, yeah I'll, I'll see. I'm like, what is this? It's You're going to have to send it to me afterwards. It's comedy. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so let everybody know where they can find your socials and that stuff. And uh, yeah, buddy, it was really awesome to talk to you. Excellent, mate. Yeah. Well, you want me to let them know? Yeah, you, it's just Laban. Oh, it's just what? Instagram, uh, Laban yeah. Pittman Johnson, and Facebook, Laban Pittman Johnson, just my name. Yeah. And you'll, you'll love all this content, and this is the only person I know that has his own um, breakfast dish at a restaurant. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> which if you're, ever in, if you're ever in victoria uh you know head over to what's the restaurant called again oh man uh, it's, it's called floyd's, Di- floyd's diner. diner yeah floyd's diner and there is the laban Pittman johnson special which i believe is like seven shots of jack daniels and some bacon and some yeah and i, I didn't even eat bacon at the time and i didn't even go to <laughs> it was a shot of luck, luck at jack daniels a lucky bear and seven it. strips of bacon i was like what and i didn't have anything to do with this i just rocked up there and one day it was there and it was like a rock star breakfast for those living a rock star life Laban pittman johnson uh 12 with 10 dollars if your name is Laban. so i get these messages all the time and people are like what the hell is this like and i was like i was a vegetarian at the time and i didn't even drink that <laughs> i didn't <but> even <laughs> i didn't even eat bacon and i didn't drink lucky <laughs> but like Lord's diner you know it's a place with like re- uh, records and it's like yeah, elvis's yeah. oh yeah it was amazing it's really cool to have like 
that um, I, I don't even know. And that was like pretty much three weeks before I left the band. So it was one of the last two rounds. Like, I am a breakfast item now. Yeah. I can move on. I've officially <laughs> made it. I am out now. <laughs> okay. Well, awesome, mate, brother. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It was really great to speak to you and, and, yeah, and stuff. And we should do it again one time in the future. 100%. 100%. I'd love to have you back, buddy. Anyway, you uh, go, go kill that audition. We'll talk to you later. All right. Yeah, you see you, buddy. God bless. Ciao, Bye. Buddy. Bye. All right, that's it. That's the podcast. I appreciate you listening today. If you could please do me one more favor, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and write me a review or subscribe to the podcast there. It is so much appreciated and it helps me out tremendously. You can also check out all of my socials at Ty Wilson Music. That's Insta, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you'd like. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Ty Wilson Talks.